And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us online. Good morning, Adam. Well, look who it is. Welcome back, <laughs> Lena. Thank you very much. <laughs> it feels most peculiar to be part of the stats as I was keeping up with the daily updates. I was thinking, yeah. hmm, to be part of a story that's new. <laughs> I can sense you're not feeling 100% better, though. Can you really yeah. sense it? I'm trying really hard to overcompensate, but I, there's nothing yeah. I can do with a nasally voice, unfortunately. Give me just a little bit more time. <laughs> yeah, the sinuses do sound a little bit still blocked up. Unfortunately. I do hope that you recover fully soon, though. Thank you so much, Adam. Um, just to clarify, I did you know, finish my quarantine of a week, which was why I was able to return to work. But face masks on for the time being. I guess that's a message for all of our listeners as numbers start to. Well, it's been high and it's staying up there, unfortunately. Let's begin our conversation there. This is our first keyword of the day. COVID wave. So Korea's new COVID-19 cases bounce back to nearly 100,000. Experts believe that numbers could be exceeded within this week. So what's the latest, Adam? Yes, certainly is a very gloomy outlook in terms of the daily caseload. Tuesday count, Tuesday's count is more than double the previous days. It's also the largest number since April 20th. Uh, 17 more people have died of the virus overnight, and there's an increasing number of critically ill patients as well. Uh, Korea has seen a spike in daily cases, mainly due to the spread of the Omicron subvariant BA.5, and there's this BA.2.75 subvariant that's going around as well. Only four cases so far, but that, of course, could increase. Uh, according to the KDCA, BA.5 uh, accounted for more than 56% of all cases in the third week of July. So it is the dominant strain at the moment. Uh, the infection numbers rebounded to five digits since early this month after mostly hovering in the four digits uh, in June. And now we could see uh, from as early as today, six digits. And on a weekly basis, the COVID-19 caseload soared 84.7% last week for a week earlier. The daily average is at around 60,000 at the moment. Uh, in terms of the latest numbers, as of 9 p.m. yesterday, the country reported just over 97,500 cases. That's up nearly 3,500 from the same time on Monday. It's also the largest 9 p.m. tally in 98 days. Amid all this, KDCA Commissioner Peck Young-nan called the current wave the first resurgence of the virus without uniform restrictions on gatherings or business hours. And therefore, she urged the public to follow public health measures voluntarily, uh, saying that limits on social gatherings or business hours have little effect on curbing the pandemic wave. Peg once again ruled out uh, a return to social distancing restrictions. Uh -huh. So for the time being, we probably won't be seeing any toughened rules on that. Uh, rather than restricting economic activity and daily life, the government said it will focus on protect protecting uh, patients at high risk, mm. i.e. the elderly and the immunocompromised. Mm. Now, health authorities predict the latest virus uptrend will continue for the next two to three weeks. All right, there you have it. So everyone take precautions, um, but those restrictions won't be making a fully-fledged comeback. It's left to our um, own decisions, it seems. Let's move on to our second keyword of the day. 
Police Bureau. So the cabinet has approved a controversial police oversight bureau run by the Interior Ministry. This is intensifying, of course, opposition from frontline police officers. That's right. This is a very controversial and delicate issue that is uh, sparking kind of internal feuds within the National Police Agency. Uh, And the cabinet approval means that the bureau will be launched as planned on August 2nd. Now, the approval came shortly after President Yun Sung-yo slammed the collective action of police officers who are against uh, the launch. The president had been a bit quiet or did dial down on his criticism of this collective uh, action, but did step up his rhetoric Uh, yesterday. Now, the Bureau will allow the Ministry more direct control over the police, including personnel appointments, disciplinary action, as well as audits. Uh, The 16-member Bureau will comprise 12 police officers and four government officials. It will have three divisions, general support for overseeing police-related policies and regulations, human resources, which will, of course, be in charge of police appointment uh, and recommendations, Mm -hmm. as well as management of police autonomy, rather. Um, Interior Minister Lee Sang-min stresses the government will not be interfering with any investigations. Uh, There's been kind of criticism from frontline officers saying that this bureau will compromise the police neutrality as well as the autonomy as well. Uh, But there has been a a lot of backlash from police officers Mm -hmm. Um, now, currently, the National Police Agency is an independent entity under the Interior Ministry, but the ministry is limited in exercising its authority over the police. The government says that's pretty much still the case, but of course, police officers are saying otherwise. Now, the opposition party as well also continued to express its disapproval of the launch, and it also held a protest outside the presidential office. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, further collective action is expected as a nationwide police officers meeting is set to take place again on Saturday following the one last weekend. All officers are, uh, to, are invited to join regardless of uh, their rank. All right, and with that, let's turn our attention to the economy section. This is our third keyword of the day. Second quarter growth. So Korea's economic growth unexpectedly picked up in the second quarter as strong consumption on eased COVID-19 restriction offset poor exports. So tell us the details of this report. Right. Well, Bank of Korea data show that GDP grew uh, 0.7% in Q2. That's faster than a revised 0.6% expansion for the first quarter. And the latest reading beat a market forecast of 0.4% on quarter growth. Now, private consumption picked up uh, solidly and it swung to expansion while government expenditure maintained growth in the second quarter. Exports, however... Uh, shrank significantly, with facilities investment remaining in contraction during the period as well. Mm. Year on year, the economy expanded 2.9% in the second quarter. That's faster, actually, than analyst expectations for 2.5% growth, but slower than 3% growth in the first quarter. Uh, The BOK expects the country's annual GDP growth to undershoot its May forecast of 2.7% for Uh, 2022. That's due to exports losing steam and inflation weighing on spending and Uh investment at home. So those issues are still causing a problem. All right, which brings us to our fourth related economy section keyword of the day. 
Looming outlook. So the IMF has lowered its 2022 economic growth outlook for Korea amid heightened external economic uncertainty and amid high inflation. We're looking at a full-fledged recession worldwide. So what's the assessment? Yeah, still gloomy uh, outlooks uh, all around, uh, unfortunately. And in its latest World Economic Outlook report, the IMF revised down its 2022 outlook for Korea to 2.3%. That is down 0.2 percentage points from its earlier suggestion. And it cited the global inflationary pressure as well as slowdown of China's economy uh, due mainly to a series of lockdowns and, of course, the war between uh, Ukraine and Russia. Uh, inflationary pressure has mounted due mainly to soaring oil and commodity prices caused by the Ukraine crisis. Uh, the Korea's uh, currency, the one uh, also uh, being weakened significantly against the dollar, also exerted upward pressure on inflation and uh, as it boosted import costs. Uh, the IMF also drastically revised its forecast on the 2023 growth of Korea Uh, down to 2.1% from its earlier suggestion of Mm -hmm. 2.9%. The IMF's outlook is lower than the Korean government's forecast of 2.6%, as well as the 2.7% projection by the BOK. Uh, It is also lower than the prediction of 2.7% suggested by the OECD in June. Uh, Seoul's finance ministry noted, however, that the IMF's 0.2 percentage point cut was actually smaller than the average of 0.8 percentage point decline for advanced nations. So mm-hmm. saying that Korea is having it a little bit better than other major economies. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, the IMF lowered its 2022 growth outlook for the global economy to 3.2% from its April estimate of 3.6. It also cut uh, next year's growth projection for the world economy for uh, from uh, sorry 3.6% to 2.9%. All right and let's finally turn our attention to our last keyword of the day. Investing in US. So SK and LG are making more deals and investments in the US, incredibly hefty ones. Run us through the details. That's right. We'll start off with SK Group. It announced plans to invest $22 billion in the U.S. on industries including semiconductors, green energy and bioscience. The White House said this will create tens of thousands of domestic jobs there while helping ease global supply chain woes. Now, this plan came as President Joe Biden met virtually with SK Group Chairman Chetewan. Uh, SK will spend $15 billion in the chip industry through R&D programs, as well as materials and a testing and packaging facility, which will help address supply chain problems. Uh, Another $5 billion will go to green energy businesses, including EV charging stations, Mm -hmm. green hydrogen production and battery materials and recycling, according to the firm. Uh, The final batch, which the company described as worth Several billions of dollars would go toward biotechnologies, uh, developing new drugs uh, designed to bolster competitiveness in the U.S. pharmaceutical industry. Uh, SK Group had previously said it would invest $7 billion for new facilities that produce batteries for electric vehicles in Tennessee and Kentucky. This was part of a joint venture with Ford Motor, 
Now, the $22 billion announced on Tuesday is part of the $52 billion, in fact, that the group's chairman said last year mm. it planned to invest in the U.S. through the year 2030. All right. So it seems keeping good on his promises. Uh, let's turn our attention to LG Chem. Uh, LG Chem and General Motors have also signed an agreement for a key battery material. That's right. So the deal is for the long-term supply of what's known as cathode active material or CAM. This is basically what makes a battery a battery. It consists of components <laughs> like processed nickel, uh, lithium and other materials. And it represents about 40% of the costs of a battery cell. Uh, GM says the supply agreement will help it meet its uh, fast-growing EV production needs. LG Chem plans to supply more than 950,000 tons of CAM to GM beginning in the second half of this year mm. through the year 2030. That's enough for approximately 5 million units of EV production by GM and should help the company in its quest to catch up uh, mm. to Tesla, which is the market leader in terms of EVs in the US. Now, the CAM secured by GM will be used by Ultium Cells LLC, which is actually a joint venture between GM and LG Energy Solution uh, and its battery cell plants in Ohio, Tennessee and Michigan. Um, LG Chem and GM say they will also explore the localization of a CAM production facility in North America by the end of 2025. So a lot more investments by Korean firms into the US, which is also good news for Biden because it means that a lot of Korean firms, they're reducing their dependence of China and some are actually coming out of China as well. And also alleviating perhaps job shortages in the market, which is one of the many criticisms facing the Biden administration. Thank you very much, Aram, for a detailed coverage as always. I'll speak to you again tomorrow. You're very welcome. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.